I'd like you to turn to Mark chapter 2 and Mark chapter 3. We'll read a portion from each, not the entire chapters, but uh, Mark chapter 2, page 1153. This afternoon, we're hearing the message in connection with the fourth commandment, the day of rest, and uh, I've chosen to read Mark 2, beginning at verse 23 to chapter 3, verse 6. So hear the word of God. Mark 2, verse 23. Now it happened that he, that's Jesus, went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry, he and those with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priests, and also gave some to those who were with him. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. And he entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a withered hand. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they kept silent. When they had looked around, when he had looked around at them with anger, being grieved by the hardness of their hearts, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and immediately plotted with their Herodians against him how they might destroy him. That's our reading from Mark chapter 2 and 3. Let's take our, bio, our, our books of praise and look up our confessional reading. Lord's Day 38 of the Heidelberg Catechism, page 554 in the songbook. Lord's Day 38 says, what does God require in the fourth commandment? First, that the ministry of the gospel in the schools be maintained, and that, especially on the day of rest, I diligently attend the church of God to hear God's word, to use the sacraments, to call publicly upon the Lord, and to give Christian offerings for the poor. Second, that all the days of my life I rest from my evil works. Let the Lord work in me through his Holy Spirit, and so begin in this life the eternal Sabbath. After the sermon, we're going to sing Psalm 116, verses 1 through 4. Congregation loved by Jesus Christ, our Lord, if you had one word to summarize the fourth commandment, which would it be? One word. If you struggle with that answer, you would fit in with most Christians in this entire world this day. What is the one word that would summarize the fourth commandment? You know how it goes? 
Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. What's one word? I was part of a men's Bible study group that looked at this. Seven different opinions from nine people. It's not so easy these days. Roughly, two takes on this. You might pick the word worship. You might pick the word rest. When I bring you the word of God this afternoon, I want you to hear the word rest. That is what you get if you boil off all the words that you hear about the fourth commandment and it's down to the most thick syrup that you can have, maple syrup, high quality, you have the word rest. Worship is there, not denying it. And as I bring you the word of God, I don't want to dismiss it. I also don't want you to think lightly of those who would emphasize worship. But you'll notice that the fourth commandment We've gone from ABCs on the fourth commandment and immediately jumped into full sentences. Like we've gone from kindergarten to eighth grade, just like that, because here's the Lord's Day 38. Try to find something about rest in there. It's kind of assumed, and it's assumed in one blurry little sentence. I say blurry because it probably comes only from a Dutch translation. That especially on the day of rest, we do things like these, worship. And so we've missed our ABCs. And I'd like to go back to what the Word of God says about the fourth commandment. And yes, I understand that there are many Christians who would say, even the rest that we hear about in the fourth commandment, that we should stop from work, that was a, sh- a shadow or a ceremony, or something that's fulfilled, and therefore we move on from there, and we go to worship instead. I understand. I'm I'm not going to try to oversimplify this. This is a challenging subject. But even if you're familiar with this, and you've heard this commandment every Sunday, every Lord's Day, I want you to understand the bottom line is when you hear the fourth commandment, you hear the word rest. Because if you had grown up, In the Old Testament day, you would never have thought of anything except rest. Think of Leviticus 23, verse 3. Leviticus 23, verse 3 says, Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And you're hearing the word Sabbath, and you're hearing a Hebrew word, Shabbat, which is cease. Stop. Freeze. These are the ABCs of the fourth commandment. If you're going to build anything from that, and you make sentences, and you get to the Heidelberg Catechism, you get to a summary of, uh, of what it means for spiritual rest. I'm not sure if we're ready for that until we've heard that the Lord commands us to be generous with His rest. He's given us rest. Let's understand what that means. My first point is receiving this rest from God. Rest is a gift. You know, and in comparison, you hear other commandments. 
You, you know about money. Money is a gift. Therefore, be generous. You know about time. Time is a gift. Health is a gift. You, you know so much of what God has given you is a gift. And you know that we sometimes squander we waste God's good gifts. We don't always use them as we should. Sometimes we don't leave them, use them at all. We just leave them undone. God has given you health. Have you used that health to say thanks to God and to praise Him? God has given you uh, money. He's given you clothes. He's given you a shelter. Have you used that for, for praising God and blessing others? If you've gotten rest last night, or this past week, if you've gotten any rest today, you've received a gift from God. You can find this in Psalm 4, verse 8, Psalm 127, verse 2. Rest is God's gift. And that's an ABC, okay? This is pretty simple stuff. And there are exceptions. There are emergencies and you don't always get rest. There's the sheep in the well. There's ministry for the priests like we were reading in Mark chapter 2 that the priests even had to work on that day. But it is, in general, a day of stopping. It's a day of taking God, the gift of rest from God. And it's going to take trust. That's the message I'm bringing you at first because you don't always take the gift as from God and you don't always use the gift that He has given you. Maybe you know that what this is like. People offer you things and you want to be self-sufficient and you're like, no, I'm fine. Right? Financial gifts. Somebody says, oh, I could easily help you out with that. Here's some money. And you're like, oh, hang on. I don't want to sound needy. Right? I don't want to seem like I can't do it on my own. I don't want to appear weak, incapable, and if you know what it's like to take a handout, you know it takes a certain kind of humility. It takes a certain amount of trust and humility and faith. And so this, by the way, as you hear the ABCs of the fourth commandment, God has given his people rest, and throughout history, God's people have said, no, thank you. I'd like to keep working. I'd like to keep being productive. I'm not sure if I can trust you. So we turn to God's word, and God himself sets the pattern. I want rest to be embedded in your life. I want this idea of working six days and stopping to be a part of your pattern of life. So you think of God in the first six days. He's been creating the world at the very beginning. Six days of creation, and the seventh, he's going to set apart as hallowed. He's going to bless it, and he's going to say, this is my day. It's a day of rest. The omnipotent, like that means all-powerful God, almighty creator of heaven and earth, rested, and you can hear this in Exodus 31 verse 17, in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, that's Exodus 31 verse 17, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Your almighty God, our Father, creator in heaven, was refreshed on that day. It takes something to follow the pattern of your Father in heaven to say, I need a breather. 
I need to step back. I need perspective. I'm going to do as my Father in heaven has done. And that was in a perfect world. That was in a perfect world when God as creator made everything and then he said, I'm going to rest. And Adam and Eve would have been there like, hey, that's, that's probably something we should do. In a perfect world where there was no frustration and toil and hardship, when they were as energetic and healthy as can be, God is sending the message, pull over, take a breather. It's going to take some trust in our day because we're, we're in a broken world, aren't we? Frustrating broken world. Sometimes you're doing work and you've just done it the other day. It's like the laundry that piles up. It's like cleaning the floors. You, you, you've done it how many times and now you're doing it again? Should you take the day that God has set aside? Homework piles up. Saturday is going to blur and fold over and bend right into Sunday. Your chores is going to show up on Sunday all the time. It doesn't take much. And you're going to use Sunday because it's a day for being productive. In this busy, broken world, it's going to take more trust than ever to take the ABC of this fourth commandment. God's saying, stop, cease, freeze. Trust me. Because we're in a broken world and you're like, I'll never get this or that done. And it's just a few minutes here. It's just another hour. Come on. Do you trust in God with his gift of rest? Or do you worry about getting behind? This you have to see as the background for God creating this day, setting it apart, blessing it, and saying, of all my days, I've given you seven days of a week, one of them is going to have my name on it. It's going to be set apart. You know how Lord's Supper? You've had supper every day this week, right? Dinners, they're, they're always happening. But one of those is called the Lord's Supper. And so one of these days... It's called the Lord's Day. And you know, oh, that means God has set it apart especially for Him. Especially for rest. We could read Deuteronomy 5, the other giving of the Ten Commandments, and you have a reason there. But I want to save that for some other time. This Deuteronomy 5 and the reason for rest is a spiritual reason, a secondary reason. But it overlaps because you hear about the people in Egypt. God says, you should rest on my day because you have been delivered from the slavery you had in Egypt. And there you start to see there is a spiritual component. And there's a physical part. i got to rest because God has delivered me. God has delivered Israel and they had to rest. But I'll, I'll leave that for some other time. The, the point here You can't think of the fourth commandment without thinking of rest. That word has shown up all over throughout the Old Testament. And Jesus will use that word, come to me all you who are weary 
All you who are tired out and burdened, and I will give you rest. And anyone hearing that word is like, oh, he's talking about the fourth commandment. He is the fulfillment of the fourth commandment. Everything about that commandment, about that day of stopping and finding relief, finds its fulfillment in Jesus Christ. My first point I'm bringing you is, you've been given a gift of rest. Don't squander it. Use it. Get some rest. But the second point is, don't get too much rest. You've got to give it away. Give away the rest. Reading from Mark chapter 2 and 3. Jesus Christ was busier, I imagine, busier on the Lord's Day than any other day of the week. I wonder if there are more miracles, if you do the math, more miracles, more healings, more preaching on the Lord's Day. Our reading in Mark is showing that the Pharisees got the first half and they, you gotta, you got to back up the Pharisees a little bit. Like, you understand what, they, they knew it had to do with stopping. They knew it had to do with freezing. Like, don't keep working for production, productivity. And they've got that half of the commandment figured out, especially because they exile, they, all the God's people. So many of the prophets said, you guys never kept the Sabbath. You're going into exile. And the Pharisees, after the exile, they're coming back to the promised land, and they're like, we better never forget this. The fourth commandment is precious to God, so we're going to make sure. Who's, who's uh, yeah, it looks like you guys are working on the Sabbath, aren't you? Uh, heads of grain. Look at these disciples. They're picking, they're rolling the heads of grain. That's harvesting. But did they miss half of the commandment? The half that says... Give rest. Do you know what to do on the Sabbath day? What to be active in? Because those Pharisees were absolutely out of touch with all the extra work that needs to happen on the Lord's day. You're going to be like, what extra work? Mark chapter 3. There's this man with the problem in his hand. He's got a withered hand. It must, it must just rest limply or something. And Jesus went out of his way and he chose to confront everyone in the synagogue, especially the leaders, the spiritual leaders of that day, that the Sabbath day, if there was any day for a healing like this one, it was the Sabbath day, the Lord's day. And Jesus Christ had just made this point in his teaching. He says, the Sabbath was made for man. And he did not mean like selfishly so that I have more time for myself. But what rest meant. That man would have relief. The burdens were removed. So here is level one, ABC, physically. This man had packed around a dead weight with him. I don't know how much maybe a pound or something, whatever a hand is, is worth for extra weight. For how long? Actually, it's probably his whole arm because if you can't use your hand, what can you use your whole arm for? 
and he's packing around all this dead weight. And Jesus gave him rest. The Lord's day is for this, Jesus says. It's for serving. You know, this would be the kind of day somebody's thirsty, you say, hey, I'll get you a drink. Somebody's tired, you say, let me give you a hand. Let me help you out. It is not a lazy boy day. That is not the Sabbath. That's not the Lord's day. Ask the Lord Jesus if he was tired at the end of the Lord's day and you would say, exhausted. Ask those Old Testament priests who had to work double on the Sabbath day. All the extra sacrifices, like seven times the number during, uh, compared to any other day of the week. They were exhausted. But you see the point? The Lord has set up this day as a day for giving rest. That's why, especially if you're an introverted person, you're more exhausted on a Monday than any other day of the week. Because it's been a day of holy convocation. That Old Testament phrase for a gathering together, set apart for worship and for fellowship. It's a day of feasting. It's a day of celebration. And if you ever follow the rules of the Lord's Day, wouldn't you be tired too? If you ever follow the rules for the day of rest, wouldn't you be exhausted? Because Jesus pins us down right to the point when he says to the Pharisees, and he's really frustrated with the Pharisees, the Lord Jesus looked at them and he grieved at the hardness of their heart. How often do you hear Jesus about his emotions? And Jesus looks at the leaders and he says, what's the day for? Haven't you guys figured this out? Don't you spend enough time around the Bible to figure out what the day is for? Because you're all about what the day is not for. Let me give it to you real simply, Jesus says. Is it for doing good or for doing evil? Let's go back to the ABCs here. It's for the good, right? Would they answer that? No. Is it for saving life or for killing? Oh, this is an easy one. It's for saving life. But would they say that? The point is Jesus Christ saying this day is not for doing nothing. This is a day. If you've read the Old Testament scriptures, it's not just a day for worship. It's not just a day for saving your calories, for recovering energy. It is about spending your energy. It's about burning calories. After you've been standing and singing your heart out and praising God, you are hopefully going to have some fellowship. You're going to be asking people how they're doing. You're going to find out, how do you need rest? How's your week been? How are you exhausted? How can I help you out? Of all the miracles Jesus Christ chose to do that day, he picks the lamest one. And I almost mean that with a grin. A limp wrist. 
feeble, paralyzed hand, something like that. No life and death. No urgency. You could save that for another day. But the Lord Jesus takes that example and he's going to push the point. He's going to push all of the the crusty old spiritual leaders that are against this. And he's going to say, this is a battle worth fighting. A hill to die on. I'm going to make sure you understand the fourth commandment. It is about rest. It's about relief. And this man's got to have a break. And so he asked this man to come up front, in front of the crowd. Stretch out your hand. And with a few words, this man hears the Lord Jesus' words and does something he's never done. Stretched out his hand and it's completely restored. This day was made for that. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Don't just keep it holy by stopping. That's only half of it. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath dedicated, devoted to the Lord. On that day you shall not do any work. Understand, any ordinary work. Any productive work, trying to make ends meet kind of work. The fourth commandment teaches you that the Lord's day is a day of rest. And it's not a day of hoarding the rest for yourself. To get as much for yourself. No, no, you hear the wording. Let me give this to you from Exodus chapter 20. Because you hear the wording of it. And the raw ABCs goes like this. You shall not do any work. You or your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who's within your gates. Picture this. You're getting the picture of Mount Sinai. These men who are in the age of probably 40 years old, they're at Mount Sinai. And they're the heads of the household. And the family man who has all of these children and servants, visitors, animals. It's it's like the heavy equipment he's got around his house. All of that has to have rest. And he's in charge of them having rest. He better make sure they have rest. That's built right in the fourth commandment. And it's a little bit, I wonder if I can make this comparison. I hope you don't take it home and and think, okay, that's what it exactly means. But in that day, imagine the head of the household shuts off all electricity for the house and all internet. And then he has to do way more work. He had to have plans for this. He had to have plans for how his servants would be able to have time off. He would have to do, well, let's say, preparing for the food, for the warmth, fires, whatever they needed to keep going. The point is the head of the household, to keep this command, had to do extra work so that everyone in his household 
would have relief. I hope you catch the drift here. Jesus teaching you that you should find rest. And it starts with the fact that rest is a gift from God. And now you're going to extend that gift to others. Is this day a relief for anyone in your domain, anyone in your household? Does this day come as a relief for anyone? Or is it your me time? Because that's what Jesus Christ is getting at. Are there people who are encouraged, relieved, and rejoicing because you have this day off and you're using this day of rest for their blessing and their benefit? I always picture my dad on the Sunday evening. He's at the kitchen sink, washing the dishes so that my mom has a break on a busy Sunday. My dad would do the dishes. It's a small thing. How do you help those in your household? But let's, let's not stop too soon. You know that this is going to go way further. This is just the tip of the iceberg here. But I want to let you know that there's lots more coming. It's more than just daily burdens and physical rest. The Heidelberg Catechism is going to make sure that you understand this is about spiritual rest. It's about an eternal Sabbath. It's about resting from under Satan's power and God delivering you from the weight, the accusations of Satan, the weight of sin and guilt. You know there's more coming, right? People are burdened in their hearts. They're grieved. They're hopeless. But please, brothers and sisters, I urge you to understand that this commandment is built on the bedrock of God's gift of rest. That's the springboard. He's given you this. From here you're going to launch. Encourage one another. Hebrews Hebrews 10 says, let's consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. And these these are hard work sounds, right? Hebrews 10. Stir up one another. Prod Provoke one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. And you're going to find, oh, yikes, that sounds like it's even more work being the Lord's day. Yeah, yeah, if, if you get it, that God's gift was meant to be shared. There's no way you should hear the fourth commandment and think that this is some commandment that you get your me time it's the Lord's day and the Lord said of all the days of the week I didn't make this day something that you have to serve right that was Mark 2 at the end of Mark 2 it's not a day man has to serve but it's a day that serves man it gives them relief. It gives them joy. It, it, it spills over because God has blessed that day that now in you that gift would be spread to others. And it, We live in this age with so much burnout and depression and discouragement. So much loneliness. Don't you think we need to use this gift and put it to use?
you're hearing this fourth commandment extends into kingdom work, not just one hour of the day of a week. This goes way beyond worship. If you want to worship the Lord, try this rest that he's speaking of. This is a day when he brings healing. This is a day when he proclaims life and gives life. It's the whole package. Forgiveness, new life, new energy. His Holy Spirit poured out. Remember the Sabbath day, brothers and sisters. Not just taking it for yourself, but giving others that blessing of rest. Amen.